Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's not worth winning if you can't win It was all a dream. We used to read Word Up magazine. When did Biggie die? Was it like ninety three? Uh, no, it was later than that, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Like ninety six? Ninety four. Ninety six. Do you think ninety four? Do you think he ever watched the Mighty Ducks? Cause I was in Oh yeah, he died. He died ninety seven. You're right, ninety seven. Oh damn, right, dude. Right before Dawson's Creek started, poor guy. So he he had to have watched Mighty Ducks, right? He's I bet you he's a big Ducks guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, he strikes strikes me as a Goldberg guy. You know, big big Goldberg loyalist. Wanted Julie the cat to GTFO the whole time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, would he ninety seven? D2 was 96, right? So, yeah, he would have seen yeah. D2. He would have seen D2. Yeah, absolutely. You probably saw it in theaters. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's probably in, at the premiere. Yeah, him and him, Diddy, Mace, Junior Mafia. Just chilling, can, chilling with Bombay and, and Michael Eisner, you know? As, absolutely. Probably, what, 10th row, middle, you know, like that real nice <laughs> seating. Yeah. You know, none of that front row bullshit. What are you, crane your neck back? It's, you know, that's insane. Do they even see people at the front row for premieres? I feel like they would just, like, rope those, the you know, the first, like, four or four or five rows off. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they do. Damn. You know, real that's, psycho. That would be yeah. a real slap in the fucking face to get invited to a premiere, walk up, and boom. Your front row, buddy. Yeah. Just why, IMAX, why, why Oppenheimer. Why not even come? Explosion. Yeah. Why am in I even the here? Face. <laughs> oh, but I bet that Real. knuckle puck is never knuckled like you, you know, in a fucking front row IMAX Mighty Ducks showing. <laughs> knuckled the shit out of it. Uh, I don't think they were doing IMAX. Um, there's no, there's no way DT was released in IMAX. This is, you know, because yeah. they, they they weren't doing like commercial. IMAX at that point were they? I feel like they were just doing like the like the weird museum documentaries that you go to, you know. Yeah, uh, IMAX was still very like yeah. tourist did you ever, trap. Did you guys? You probably you probably didn't have access to an IMAX theater out in Wayne, but we used to do that. That was like a a field trip staple. As you go, 
you take a field trip to field like the, trip? Yeah, to the to, to the Denver uh Museum of Science. Well, the, you fancy city a, kids got cool. You yeah, know. they have they have their own IMAX theater there. You pop in there, you you know, watch a forty five minute documentary about Tyrannosaurus Rex. Listen, I'll say this: I did get to go on a very cool um, field trip to Ashland, Nebraska. I got to go see the dinosaur um, fossils there that are still preserved in the ground. You know, and that's oh, they didn't even didn't even take them out. You no, know, they were massive. Um, God, I forget which animal it was. Now it's been a long time. Sorry, Ashland, but you know, shout out. Go see the go see the dinosaurs there. It's great stuff. Great field trip for a kid. Where the fuck is Ashland? Out west, western Nebraska. Okay, it's like okay, it's like smack in between Omaha and Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, okay. there you go. Not west. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's west of Omaha, you know. Yeah, it's it's all that matters. But anyways, yeah, Ashland, you can go see some some dinosaur fossils there. It's a it's a good field trip, you know. And you know, the University of Nebraska, when I was a little kid, the Natural History Museum they had there, I thought that was just like the coolest, you oh, know. Yeah. It's like my Did they God. have an IMAX there. No, but they had like a knockoff theater type of thing. You know, the, uh, the first type of thing that I experienced like that was like, remember like the weird 4D ones? Oh, yeah. <laughs> with like yeah. the IMAX and like spray you with water and like poke you in the back with yeah. shit. Um, we did one of those because I had to in Kansas City when we went to Kansas City Worlds of Fun. That was okay. a big, yeah. yeah. I used to go to uh, San Francisco when I was growing up to visit uh, like my, she's my great aunt, to visit my great aunt um and she would always we'd always go to like the piers and stuff and every pier yeah. had like the weird like 4d or like some of them i think even described it as like 5d theaters nice. where you're like it's like <laughs> moving you around and it's like shooting fire and spraying you with water and it's like okay it was like someone's like spitting on you or sneezed on yeah, your yeah. back it's but then awesome. it was always it was always like that but then it was coupled with like the whatever adventure you were watching was just like the worst computer graphics in the world it's like uh, this is really taking me out of the the 5d experience here guys Speaking of just like hokey things like that, you know what Mama D is totally um, on the mark with that we talked about last time I was home. We were watching the show called Carnival Eats, and she wants to do like a tour day U.S. of like fairs and carnivals and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, I think you're onto something. I would I don't love know. I think- to just kill my gut for a summer and just eating chili dogs. As yeah. the, I- the glizzy king, Brandon, I figured you would be all over that. <laughs> I don't know. It's the first time I've ever been described as the, the glizzy king. Wait, um, we've, is this our intro? Did yeah, we even yeah. say oh, why yeah. we're talking? Wait, well, all right. Hold on. Can we circle all the way back? The reason we started talking about Biggie Smalls is because I started singing lines from Juicy because we were we watched the show from ESPN called Once Upon a Time in Anaheim um, because it was all a dream that the Ducks became reality from kids movie to hockey team. And that's why we're here today. Yeah. They'll figure it circle out. Circle all the way back there. It's in the title circle. of the episode. They'll, they'll figure it out. Um, Dear God, what a disaster. <laughs> this is this is why we have a whopping 5,000 listeners. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, we're talking about the, the E60 Once Upon a Time in Anaheim, which honestly, Heath, if we're going to 
I'm just gonna just gonna get it out of the way here. Start pointing some fingers. They this is exactly what we talked about in one of our podcast episodes already. Yeah. If you get if you've been a long time listener, you'll remember episode 34, everybody's favorite, yeah. birth of an NHL team. Yeah. We detailed this exact story and All then of he, it. the ESPN, merch staff. ESPN listened to it and then they fucking jacked us off. They ripped us, ripped us off. That was, well, that was, that was a poor phrase. <laughs> um i am not going to sign off on ian jacking us off brandon i'm just gonna say that right now i got i got tongue tied it was a combination of jacking our ideas and then ripping us off listen listen we got we got double teamed by disney and espn getting jacked around all over the place well that would would just be a single team though because it's the same same company well two same company two well, let's the mismanagement on both sides is why everyone's getting fired, dude. Yeah. JVG, dude. what a travesty that Jeff Van Gundy got fired. I love that guy. On, I know. Well, the, the tragedy is that uh, Mark Jackson didn't get fired and he got fired. Like, how do you keep Mark? Mark Jackson is literally the worst announcer I think I've ever heard in my entire life, regardless of sport. Like, the dude's yeah. a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It just took Real. him leaving for the Warriors to create a dynasty, so that he'll always have that. Yeah. You know Although I will he, say his back down, like his point guard back down, he was a great player in the nineties. I like, I fucking hated him and yeah. Reggie Miller and the Pacers, but his move and the way they played was so good. Just him, Rick Smiths, Reggie Miller, hated them all. But anyways. Let's get back a, to he was a great player. He's just a terrible announcer because he's such an idiot. Yeah. Um, they they should have fired a lot more people than the ones that they did. There's yeah. just I couldn't I could name another 20 that could get fired and over JVG. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be fine with Max Kellerman was a good was a good not not that I endorse people getting let go, but like Max Kellerman. Did you like the that, the that worst uh, take in the that history Andre of takes? Quote lives on forever, dude. Yeah, like listen, <laughs> he should have been fired after that quote. Like that's just that's just you are not good at your job, dude. Like no. I'm sorry. Like I I do not want anyone to get fired or let go. But if you are taking Andre Iguodala in the final shot for the fate of the world over Steph Curry, you might be the dumbest person to ever talk about sports. You're it's taking Andre Andre Iguodala for anything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose Andre Iguodala to like tie my shoes. Andre Iguodala is garbage. He's a over over Steph Curry. What like what? Andre Iguodala. He's a quitter. He's a quitter in a in a turncoat is what he is. Oh geez, coming from the Nuggets fan, why don't you just bask in the Jokic like dynasty that's unfolding in front of you? Nuggets fans always talk about uh, um. They still have some distaste for Melo. I have no issues with Melo. Andre Iguodala is my 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 enemy number one. Mm. You know, I am really excited about the Nuggets. Um, I hope that they repeat, but I will have to say normally I'm like all in on like, you know how I feel about last names. I'm very, you know, specific because mine is a disaster. But this whole Braun Brown thing with, the the dude from the Nuggets on the championship team who should play a bigger role next year. You can't spell it Braun and then tell me to pronounce it Brown. Like it's just that it phonetically it just does not make any fucking goddamn sense. I mean, 
Do you know who I'm talking about? I think JBG actually said this too. Maybe I don't know, but it just no. Yeah, I remember remember someone and like Ryan Rosillo said said Brown, and I was like, he can't be fucking talking about this Braun guy. Is he an idiot? Yeah, it's Jesus. I don't know. I you can't make it make sense in my brain. It's like it's like calling out all the all you people in North Carolina that tried to beat me up in the bar that one night. It's Appalachian. The the C H I A N makes it shh it doesn't it's not appalachian it, there's an there's an eye in there i'm sorry there's just nothing you can do to make me you're just change my mind you are that. digging yourself a hole because you're wrong on on both counts first of all it's no brown way. and it's appalachia no sure yeah it's not and a it's language it's all made up you can say whatever the you know if you can throw silent letters in words you can you can tell me anything is pronounced any which way i don't give a fuck it's all uh, made up. I, I like my Brand- language, Brandon, Grammar? to follow phonetics and, Gram- and the rules. First of all, there are no rules. It's all made up. Grammar people, grammar Nazis are the worst people in the world. I'm not a grammar Nazi. I'm phonetics Nazi. Same I thing. want correct pronunciations, Brandon. There's no such thing as a correct pronunciation. Everything is anything. All right. I'm actually, you know what, Brandon, now that you said that, you're right. I'm going to start schmitting all of my words. Like everything that I say, I'm going to gently mispronounce from here on out. Do it. In the podcast. I'm going to start like, I'm gonna start, like planting words in my notes to just softly mis- mispronounce to see if you pick up on it. That's going to be my new game from, from here on out, starting this day. All right, Brandon, let's dig into this team. We've we're just talking about a whole lot of everything except this mm-hmm. episode of ESPN. Yeah. Um, like, like, so, we mentioned, like we mentioned, though, it is gonna for, for, for everybody that already listened to um our our episode birth of an NHL team, a little bit of a rehashing. Uh, but there was a lot of new stuff um that uh this E60 ESPN documentary went over. So yeah. we got, we still got tons of stuff to talk about. Um and two, two things I, two I love things the I want to opening, by the way, like the opening where it went. The following is based on a true story based on a fictional story. <laughs> that was good great. Shit. Yeah. Great, yeah. That's... But the, there's two things um, I, I want to point out first before we get started. One is I, I loved this thing, even though I, I already knew uh, like the vast majority of it. Yeah. I loved watching it because it, it, the, it was great. It was great. And it made me. They did a really good job because they, they play up the whole underdog thing. They do yeah. a really good job of like hitting that nostalgia factor. Like this made me so nostalgic for 90s hockey with all the old clips they were playing. It's fantastic. And then two, we talked about it in our our previous episode, how fast this fucking happened. But the documentary really drives that home with, with all yeah. with the, the exact timeline of dates and stuff of just how quick and how nonchalantly they threw this fucking thing together it was the most 90s thing that could never ever happen today right now there's too many Where, logistics now you know yeah. you can't you can't just call up the nhl and be like hey i need a team <laughs> and like one of the other like gms is just like listen listen rich you know you gotta do it man just oh, buy oh, the fucking you're talking about bruce so i got yeah. some notes on bruce because i fucking love oh. bruce dude bruce is a fucking insane person um there's there's another great um espn 30 for 30 called king's ransom yeah where it it goes through the wayne gretzky trade to la yeah 
and it focuses yeah. on Bruce and uh, and him a lot more. Yeah. Highly recommend to go check that out too. But I watched that and then I did some like reading into Bruce because uh, it was just like he's uh, so he was he owned the L.A. He was like a media tycoon or whatever. He owned the L.A. A, L.A. Kings. And like you said, he's at this point, he trades for Gretzky. He's really trying to push like West Coast hockey. hockey. So he's yeah. I guess he's he's bo- he's bothering the head of Disney, Michael Eisner, being like, yeah, hey, get, not a fucking, Rich get a team, Eisner. get a team, get a team. Yeah. Um, but he keeps but, but that dude, so Bruce Bruce ran into a lot of financial trouble after like after essentially after this um after he gets the ducks in is like or like late 90s. Um I think he was he was arrested and sentenced to jail in like 97. Damn. But so he so he's uh he got arrested for defrauding banks for over 200 million dollars. Which is like I mean, baller move, dude. Baller yeah. fucking move. Yeah. If you're gonna defraud anybody, defraud the banks. That's where yeah. it's at. Ex- exactly. They number one, they deserve it. Number two, like Jesus, that's really good shit. Um, you know. Um, but wait, hold on, Brandon. Let's backtrack because before they like with the show, it starts out like before the team, and it talks about, um. The creator and his roommate are a, living like a super nineties LA lifestyle. Yeah, what a powerhouse fucking um apartment roommate combo they had there though. With, yeah. with Steve Brill and Peter Berg. Yeah. Fan fantastic. You know, um Peter Berg uh who brought us the delightful and, Friday night lights. Yeah, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And then and Steve, whole, yeah, but like and same with Steve Brill. Steve Brill, the Mighty Ducks are his like his pride and joy, but he's any any like Adam Sandler movie, um, like past two thousand, yeah. I think Steven Brill's been um writer, director, otherwise, if not a producer of yeah. like pretty much every Adam Sandler movie, plus so many other comedies. Um, but that like that's uh, what a what a crazy like combo. Like that that would be like if you if you were Michael Jordan and you decided to move to LA and then your roommate was Kobe Bryant. And it's like what like come on. Yeah. The, the and, amount of talent in that apartment. And I also love that they just had nothing to do for so much time and they would just what go did, ice skating. And what that's did, what where did, all of this started because they just Peter had Berg nothing say? to do. Peter Berg's line was, um, "We were when you're 23 years old, and broke male. and a broke white male in L.A. You're worthless, or something like yeah. that. Like literally, that's exactly what he said. It's just like yeah. a a 23 year old broke white guy is worthless in yeah. L.A. And so they were just dicking around on the ice skating rink, and then they were. I'm assuming love- they were either stoned or oh, drunk. Because yeah, oh, yeah. well, he, his, he, because uh, the, the line Steve. Then Steve the kids says, come out. And it's like, oh man, this is a fucking movie, dude. Like yeah. fuck. But Steve, before that, when he goes, he goes. So we were just trying trying to find anything to do. So we'd go to the ice skating rink that was just down the street. You could kill a whole day there. <laughs> so he was they were obviously high there's no way you could kill a whole day at an ice rink if you're not high <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you're just skating in a circle <laughs> that's that's, that's like real faded and that's like skating two, around that's like two hours you can go two hours at an ice skating rink unless you're oh high God. then you can kill the whole day <laughs> yeah, that's amazing um and 
and the the like he be, gets motivated to do this script and then he basically turns into the big lebowski where he is just obsessed with this script open robed disheveled i'm just assuming just white pound, russian and pounding gin. heaters yeah pounding gin just freaking gin he- everywhere which leads into brandon how the rumor finally laid to rest how did he be come up with the name Gordon Bombay? So he was drinking. He was pounding gin, drinking two 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 different different bottles of gin. That's how much gin he was drinking. Is he had two different branded bottles? That's 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 wild. Um, but yeah, so so he confirms. There's there's been a long um, circulating rumor that he chose the name Gordon Bombay after the gins. Um, Gordon. Gordon's gin and then uh was it Bombay Sapphire? Um, yeah, yeah. That was a long circulating rumor. So it's nice to get final confirmation that that yeah. is in fact why he named him Gordon Bombay. And I like that they described his vision of kids playing hockey in Minnesota on the pond and kind of slipping and falling everywhere and kind of looking like ducks on a pond. And so that is how we get our favorite intro of the ducks on the pond and our boy Averman calling the game. Yep. The Jessmeister. Uh, driving classic. the limo out on the yeah. ice thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, classic stuff. But like him and the other, I forget the guy that he collaborated with, but they, did you hear him say they only did two to three drafts and then Disney was like, Are you talking about- yeah, we got it. No, not his roommate, but the, the older guy. The, that, yeah. I the think, older guy. I, I think it was his agent, right? Maybe that's what it was. Like they did a little back and forth with the like some writing critiques, but really two, three drafts, they said. And then Disney was like, We got this. This is amazing. Yeah, they said Um, they said Disney was the first the first people they went to, and they immediately said yes. Yeah. And I also love that Disney let them stay true to the script, like that they proposed of keeping it in Minnesota. Like it's the Mm -hmm. state sport. It just, it makes sense for the ducks to be in Minnesota. I feel like it maybe wouldn't have jumped off as like uh, the realism, like, you know, like the peewee hockey having a broadcaster doesn't make sense anywhere (laughs) except for Minnesota. (laughs) It still, still that, didn't right? make, still still doesn't make, make sense, but at least somewhat <laughs> makes sense there, right? It's like, all right, big, you know, big, big city, Minneapolis, Twin City. You know, they gotta, they gotta kill some radio time. Why not put yeah. on? You know, exactly. <laughs> um, I also love that they put them through a sixteen-week hockey camp yeah. with. Well, that, did you a, recognize him, the referee, Jack White? Yeah, he um, plays. He plays the referee in one ref. and two. Yeah, and then he plays the uh, an opposing team's coach in three. If I remember, yeah. remember correctly, and and I love that Goldberg was like, "Yeah, it sucked," and they wouldn't let us quit. <laughs> like, yeah. You got to fucking play well, that, hockey. That's that's another like famous um, like thing about the production is that none, not a single one of the kids knew how to ice skate before. Yeah, before filming. Right. So yeah, that's right. That, that boot camp was incredibly necessary, and honestly, they probably could have used a couple more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fantastic, but geez, 16 weeks, that's a long yeah. time. I that's a, that's yeah. I mean, I figured they would put him through a boot camp, but I didn't think it was going to be quite that long. That's quite the commitment. A classic Goldberg trying to quit. Yeah, it's oh geez, leave Goldberg alone, dude. Did you, you like even you, after this documentary, you don't have any like soft spot for Goldberg in your heart? 
No, I have zero soft spot for the character of Goldberg. I do have a soft spot for Sean Weiss, though. And okay. I'm glad he's he's looking great now. He's he's bounced back. He's off the drugs. He looks fantastic in this documentary. And they even at the end they t they do they give you the little heartwarming story of him uh, coming back from from all that 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 viral sensation that he he went through a couple years ago. And he credited um he credited it to uh, mostly to the Ducks fans because when that that crazy photo of him getting arrested went viral. He said uh, he got a bunch of uh, he got a messages. ton of messages yeah. and support from Ducks people. Yeah, just saying like, "Hey, man, you you got this. We can do it." And he's like, "Shit, I I can I can do this. I can clean it up." Um, to take it back to the the thing, not to like derail us too much, but I want to call out the fact that we talked about it a lot. Our boy Basil McRae, coolest name in yes. the world. And his line and the fact that Mike Madonna was supposed to have those lines, but couldn't untongue tie himself. And we also called out this insane, stupid line that he had of like, I thought you were a farmer or something. Yeah. Like well, it was like, why did he say that? But it was like, dude, the guy literally was a disaster on so we, camera. We talked th this. I'm so glad that this was this this was my favorite part of the movie when they started talking about Basil because there yeah. there was a part when we were talking about D1 where I went on a huge rant about how there's no way Basil McCray and Bombay could have played Pee Wee hockey together because Basil McCray is so much older. But now yeah. that it was written for Mike Madonna, it makes so much more sense because Mike Madonna and Bombay are literally I I didn't do the I didn't look into this, but they're so much closer in age than Basil would yeah. have been. So that and, makes so much more sense. And then they just flipped it because Mike Madonna's not an actor. He couldn't, yeah. couldn't pull it off. And it's just the poor guy. I kind yeah. of feel bad for him, right? Like he was like a rookie that year too. Yeah. Like he was like a rookie. He wasn't even like he was good, but he well, wasn't no, like no, Mike he was, Madonna yet. Well, I'm a, but he he had he had hype coming out. He was uh he was a big draft pick. There was like Yeah, I know, but he wasn't yeah. like the Mike Madonna that we like know him That's as true. today. Yeah. Like it, it was he was still just like an think, I, like a do you think if we, rookie from there? Do you think if we reshot the movie today he'd be able to pull off the lines? No. I, I know. <laughs> no offense. Oh, we, we still Simon. need Basil. We still need yeah. you, buddy. Yeah, wow. big, big Basil. Dude, I was, I, I got so hyped when that, when that, sh when they showed up. That I was like, "Fuck yeah, Basil!" I was hoping they would, they would have interviewed Basil, but just Mike. The, I, I, that was amazing that they called out the Mike Madonna Basil, the throwback to the kids that are behind the scenes with like Josh Jackson being like. Oh, and like explaining, like they lost to the Hawks. Now like, it's time for yeah. It's like uh, and like uh, behind act, the scenes talking like he's he's actually like Charlie he's, Conway. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. It was like yeah. hey, I we was hoping, lost the first game, but I would have loved a little more of that. I was hoping they would have got uh actual. I was hoping for some actual like jo current Josh Jackson interview. Yeah. Um, but no, it was just they they had Connie on. And fucking love Connie. Connie kills it. And then Sean Weiss. They had Goldberg in there. Yeah. Um, those were the only two ducks they had um as far as interviews go. Yeah. 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 I was I was really hoping for Josh Jackson, but the dude's busy. He probably he's been, you know, filming so much stuff lately. He doesn't have the time. He didn't have the time for game changers, definitely doesn't have the time for E60. Let's talk about the debut of the Mighty Ducks movies because they knew they had something. And I thought that we, I think we talked about this a little bit too, right? Where the first week was like, was a little rough, didn't get good reviews at yeah. all. 
And then the second week, it was very rare that a second week a movie skyrockets and jumps and almost doubles. Um, and with like VHS and all that kind of stuff, it cost them about 12 million to make and they made over a hundred million, which was pretty mm-hmm. massive for 1992 for a kid's movie. So a hundred million, right? Yeah. Um, and then that is where you know Disney is like, all right, we got to get some sequels going. But um, two months after the release of the movie is where the expansion franchise of is awarded by the NHL to Disney, and like the kids were like, holy shit. How is this happening? What is happening? I also really love how much everyone hated like NHL purists. Like it just makes so much sense for 90s NHL purists to hate the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim and especially the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim playing at the pond. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a. I love it. It's classic. I mean, hockey, hockey is not. Hockey's not the most um I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. Hockey's it's not, not the most... inclusive or fun or cheeky. It's about fighting in tough nose and blue collar. It's it's blue collar Canadians. Yes. And um they're not yeah, like you said, they're not exactly the most welcoming of of <laughs> of, of fans. They're notorious yeah. for for gatekeeping and and they especially didn't how did they not love the quack herd around the world like i just <laughs> i i mean i don't get it i loved it yeah uh even even 30 years later i'm i'm still bought in hook line and center yeah, yeah. uh so yeah they 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 hated it there's still people that that hate um mighty the mighty ducks like they're like because it's it comes up every once in a while of like, because because they're no longer the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, they're the Anaheim Ducks. So it comes mm-hmm. up every once in a while where like we need to we need to go back to the old logo, change the name back to the Mighty Ducks. And there's still people that are like, well, no, it's a terrible, it's a terrible name. Why would you? The original Mi- logo Mickey, needs to Mickey come Mouse back. name, Mickey Mouse organization, Heath. Man, what but um, we while, while we're talking about people who hated the name. We have to talk about one of uh, one of my favorite one of my other favorite people that popped up in this documentary who has the probably the best nickname of all time. Oh, the Grim Reaper. Yeah, Stu Grimson, the Grim Reaper, dude. Oh, classic. Your boy Stu- Gia Bear just got roughed up, you know, in that those expansion seasons. Poor guy. Well, like like he he said, like you get if you're a goalie, you get picked in an expansion draft. You're basically um, fucked. Yeah, because I mean it's your it's a ragtag group of of nobodies. Yeah, there's not a lot of help out there. Yeah, they're just getting two on ones, three on ones, and he was getting shredded. But he had Stu. He had good old Stu out there throwing haymakers. Yeah, I love it. Um, and I love that they talked about where they had a parade and people in the crowd are like, kids are like, these guys are too old to be in the movies. <laughs> Oh, there was one other thing. But there was one other thing. Um, when they're doing the announcement right before the duck call heard around the world, um, he's it's at the beginning of the announcement. He's talking about he's getting ready to announce the name, and Michael Eisner drops this line where he goes, "It's a very, it's been a very controversial topic. Honestly, we didn't exactly agree on it until seven o'clock this morning. The I morning, love that. the morning of the announcement. Yeah. <laughs> we were still 
fighting over if it was going to be the Mighty Ducks or not. Uh, the world was so much better back then when things were just run hot and loose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it's just anyways. They I also said the Emilio intro with Steve Bro where they're doing the duck calls and stuff like uh, just all everything about this rollout. I don't know if they, they I know they didn't mean to, but it well, was just it pissed every NHL fan yeah, off because it was, was so hokey, so cheesy. It was that. just the the because remember we talked about the skate, the pregame ice show that oh, yeah. was insane. Before, before you get to uh, that though, the 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 Disney on icing, before we get to that though, another thing about the name. Uh so another thing about the name I want to talk about. A they didn't decide on Mighty Ducks until 7 a.m. of the event, um, the announcement. 7 a.m. the day of the announcement. And then B, Steve Brill talks about how he got invited to the event and he goes up um to Michael Eisner before he announced the announcement and he's like, Oh, so you guys got a team? Like, what are you gonna like? What do you like? Let me know what you guys gonna name it. And he goes, Oh, you'll like it. Meaning they they never told Steve Brill they were gonna use his fucking team name. Yeah. They just uh, he found out as everybody else did. Amazing. Which again, hot hot and loose. Um, because I guess I guess they didn't need his permission to they probably when they bought they the own, films, yeah, they, they, they own the which, I namesake. Mean, Steve, come on, get get you know, get a better lawyer. You gotta royalties. Do you think people he, like Disney owned it? Do you think he got any royalties from the hockey team? I, I doubt it. If they if no. they weren't even talking about his, if they didn't even ask him if they could use the name, I doubt he got anything from the the actual hockey team. Yeah, and then um, after they talk about that, they just basically go into how shitty the team is and like they're they're bad. Well, wait, wait, the the whole Disney on Ice thing. Let's get back to that. Oh yeah, they, they, oh yeah, because we, we we talked about it in the last episode, but this gave us a lot more than I remembered. Um, the wild of, wing descending from the rafters, going through the ring of fire and tripping and falling, and well, the ring of the ring of fire, oh. the ring of fire wasn't. Uh, I think I think the ring of fire was later on in the season. Um, mm. but the ring of fire, I remember uh, that video they showed was amazing because the dude that has zero like uh, head speed he got no yeah. head start at all he was going it's over to, he would have been better just standing in front of it and jumping <laughs> than the speed that he got oh this is real bad but this i think zero build out, of speed i was like what is that is that luis out there the the disney on ice with the candlestick and all that stuff was great but i think the creme de la creme ice, ice man Oh my God! Dude, ice I man the ice cometh, man. The, uh, the ice man cometh, and then he goeth. <laughs> what did uh, what did he say? Just... What did he say in the interview when they they asked him like where he came from? And he he said he came from like underneath the ice. Of the yeah, box. yeah. It was just it was terrible, and, and he kept getting booed. Oh, I really felt bad poor. for the dude. He took a he was doing the he was doing the best he could with what he was what he, what they yeah, gave him to listen, work with. Okay, yeah. They bring back it. the Ice Man, you fucking bastards! Yeah. Ju- ju- hashtag justice for Ice Man. They threw him yeah. under the bus so quick. I I did like when they <laughs> when they're up. going when they're going over that stuff. They're talking to Michael Eisner, and he goes. Um, his line is, I tend to remember the things that did work well and not the things that didn't. But I'm sure you have the video of all the things that didn't work well. <laughs> that was, <laughs> Which is that like, was honestly, really 
great great advice for everybody. If, if yeah. it works well, you remember that. If it if it doesn't, fucking out of sight, out of mind. You move yeah. on. Forget about that. Could you imagine being a player and making it to the NHL and scoring your first NHL goal and getting sprinkled with pixie dust by Tinkerbell? Like, that would just be the most atrocious thing in the entire world. What's his face? Uh, Your boy, um, the Grim Reaper, got in a fight because of it, right? He got because of fight because of everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they also had the team be part of the Pirates of the Caribbean poster, which yeah, is a disaster like too. Oh my and god! And I, I also like that they called out the fighting in hockey and how everyone was freaking out because it's like Disney, you're gonna let the players fight, and it's like, what? Where, t- tell them not to fight? Yeah. Like that's not how the fucking. NHL works, but you go, um, you go out they there. They had you, to do it too. Yeah, you go out there and you tell Stu he's not, he can't fight. Let me know how. Well, that and goes. they, they also had to because everyone was just making fun of them for being <laughs> Mickey Mouse and shit. And like, if you were the visiting team and you went and saw that, you would chirp them until like the cows came home. Yeah. Like, it's I'm just, glad it's required. I'm glad they kept bringing up that phrase because that's one of my favorite phrases of of all time is a uh, real Mickey Mouse organization. Yeah, I throw, uh, I throw that around all the time whenever de- describing even just even the minorest of inconveniences. Yeah, real Mickey Mouse organization over here. Yeah, <laughs> the the turn of the tide for the team really started when they drafted Paul Correa, um, and yep. they had him in Paul. him in. Uh, and Tim and Temu Solani. Um, and then they they made it to the playoffs in 97 and lost. Do you want to like really dig into this? I really didn't want to, but like you um, know. I just I, I liked how they, they touched on um Paul the, and um Paul and, and Tamu's relationship and yeah. how they were so know, weird night, night and day. I loved how I loved how Tamu uh pressures him into buying a new car because he tells him he's gonna burn the old one. Yeah, and, and then as soon as he buys in cookies, in as soon as he buys the oh new, the new car, he starts fucking fucking around. <laughs> oh, poor Paul! Dude, Tamu, I felt so yeah. bad. Yeah, poor Tamu's a fucking. Uh, it's like it's like riot, dude. It's like uh, Ferris Bueller and uh, what's his buddy's name? Yeah, Morgan yeah. or James? Um, Not um. Oh, I forget. I, forget. I know who you're talking about. I forget his name though. Either way, um, um I I loved it. They and then I. And, I loved all the all of the the '90s clips, the '90s hockey clips. Were it was just it was it was pulling at my heartstrings, especially with the all the crazy uh, board ads that they from the '90s they had. There was a blockbuster yeah. video one. Del yeah. Taco was a apparently a big sponsor of the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. That fucking logo was everywhere <laughs> in that rink. Dude, I just I we talked about this offline, but I I love some Del Taco Taco Tuesday. I could just rip through like ten tacos yeah. easy. Hands and then there down. was there was also like uh, like ten or fifteen um, like random cellular companies. Remember all the like cellular one? Yeah, all those. Remember like, 10, 10, 220? Yeah, 10, I was 220. watching an old uh, WCW yeah. pay per view that was sponsored by yeah. 10, 10, 220. Yeah. It was really the re- re- good wrestling, stuff. wrestling. Um, old like ads as well as the old ad boards from like 90s hockey are just great like little nostalgia bits some Um, of the old wcw ones still have like the ads like the like slim jim or the wrestling toys or the video games like it's really good stuff but uh back to back to the hockey they 
I like how they went through the journey, right, to the 2002 finals where they where they made it and then they lost to the to the Devils in game mm-hmm. 7. And that mm-hmm. was a great journey. And the the whole Paul Korea story where he got Paul Korea hit, which yeah. is gets hit, dies on the ice and then comes Dude, back and scores they, a goal. So I remember watching that live and being like um like like shocked at that hit when it went live but like watching it back them showing the clips of him his hand like twitching on the ice while he's not moving and his eyes are shut that was terrifying well and it's like it's that like was 10 it's crazy. like 10 seconds and then his breath hits his yeah. visor like he was not breathing yeah for was, a small period of time he, and then he came back 15 minutes later yeah, and if he would have gotten hit like that again, he would have died. Like he would have died right there on the ice. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and it's it's crazy. Like I felt oh. it was like actually a tragedy listening to him talk. He's like, yeah, it sucks because now like half of his career is gone. Like so he, his, he he doesn't remember that game at all. He didn't remember a good chunk of that season. I think is what he said. Right? Like yeah. he just couldn't just can't remember anything. Yeah, and like now half of like he said it like half of his career is just like like people come up. And help him remember his career because that's the only way he can yeah. remember is through other people because it's just black now. Yeah, that's horrifying. I know because he he only played a couple. He of retired. Years he retired right that. after it. No, n- that right after that because he no, retired he played... in two thousand three. I thought, and this was the two thousand two no, he... two thousand three season. No, this was the two thousand one two thousand two season. Oh, um, um, and he because after this, it was not played... short. It was not long after. No, he played like two more years, I think, because he played a se- he played a season with the Avalanche. Him and him and Tamu Salani both came to the Avalanche the next year in 03. Mm. And then he played uh either a full season or maybe half a season with Nashville. And then, mm. then he retired. Because yeah, he, he uh, just yeah, he was real dealing tragedy. With, with concussions after that. Um yeah. that insane fucking hit. From from Scott Scott Stevens is the devil the the guy on the death is the guy who played on the Devils. I I, I feel like it kind of sounded like I was calling Scott Stevens the devil. Uh, <laughs> kind of they kind of portrayed him as the devil. Well, dude, he was he was like he was like Stu. He was uh he was Scott Stevens was a bad dude, man. He was uh he would fuck he fucked up so many people. He was yeah. uh that was not that was not his only hit. He was uh he was a fucking monster out there. Yeah, I also this is going back a little bit, but I forgot how good the Red Wings were. I have that during this stretch. Like, I'm God. so glad you brought that up. I have that in my notes. So I was annoying. like, the '97 Red Wings were insane. I have, yeah, <laughs> and like, and and like, yeah, it was just I just forgot because like, I gently followed hockey because it just wasn't available in Nebraska, like yeah. in my small town, and it wasn't even like super readily available to watch on TV unless you sought it out. And so I, but I just remember all the ESPN highlights and I, the Penguins were my favorite with uh, Mario Lemieux and Yamir Yager, but my God, those playing in play, like PlayStation with those, uh, with those Red Wings mm-hmm. were, un- you were unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that whole stretch, uh, cause obviously, obviously as an Avalanche fan, the Avs Red Wings rivalry specifically during that time of the late nineties is legendary there's all there's another um 30 oh, the for 30 ES, there's another 30 for 30 espn documentary called um is it unrivaled i think i've seen that yeah i can't remember what it's called the fights though from uh, but, but the old a, red wings yeah. abs games are 
amazing to go back and watch like on on tiktok yeah it's called yeah unrivaled red wings versus avalanche great documentary highly recommend that as well um but yeah those fights because i mean patrick literal bloodbaths bloodbaths and and goalie fights everybody loves a good goalie fight oh the goalie Um, fight between but those oh oh god that that i know oh i can literally see the video in my in my mind of them meeting at center ice like it's just like those those old red wings abs fight videos are worth revisiting at least a couple times a year maybe maybe kicking off the season and then as you're ending the season yeah i did did you watch that the that documentary if you haven't i did a long time ago it's been like a long time ago but i gotta rewatch it it came out last year but okay oh i thought it was i thought it came out a couple years ago dude time literally means 2022 Pretty much time literally day. means nothing to me. I thought Kelly's birthday was a week ago. It was two days ago. So I don't. I don't know. What to you should. Brandon. You should watch it though. It's really great. But the the fights were fantastic, and then the hockey because they were both. Maybe just I just am- watched the previous. Okay. But Anyways. they were both amazing teams. Um, like the '97 Red Wings. They were list. Uh, I think it was go. Was it um? I forget who it was. Somebody was listing off the people on that team, and it was just insane. I you know you yeah. forget it's like. Yeah, Fedorov, um, Iserman, Shanahan, fucking Lindstrom, just a who's who of great hockey players. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame the Red Wings are terrible now. They're one of the yeah. they're one of those teams. Even though I, do, as an Avalanche fan, I don't like the Red Wings, but it's one of those teams where like, um, I think we we talked about this offline about like college football teams. There's certain teams that like it's better when they're it's better. better when they're good. Like the yeah. hockey as a whole is better when the Red Wings are good. Like the Red Wings, the Blackhawks. Ah, like I, don't, some of I, don't, I don't care about the Blackhawks. We uh, had so the, many Blackhawks Black fans at yeah. the Arrows. Like the Arrows was all Blackhawks, yeah. and when they would play the Blackhawks minor league team, sold out every yeah. time. See, I I don't I don't have a soft spot um for the Blackhawks because growing up in the 90s they were trash. They mm. were absolutely abysmal. And then from two, like 2010 to 2020 they were really really good and now they're trash again. So most of my life they've been trash. They just had the one I like Chelios. I had a starting lineup figure of Chris Chelios. Yeah. Do you, uh, I Chichelios is an interesting fellow because he played for quite a bit of teams. I know he played the longest, I believe, for the Blackhawks, but I don't, I don't think of him as a Blackhawk. When I think of him, I think of Red Wings because mm. he was on like the late '90s teams, uh, a couple of them. So when I think of Chelios, I think of Red Wings. There you go. But God, the, the fucking '97 Red Wings '90s hockey was just the best. Yeah. Um, well, and then the documentary ends on a happy note because even though the underdog team that made it to the cup didn't win and those dirty devils did, um, in 2006, your boy Tamu came swinging on back and they won the cup. And it's really sad that Paul wasn't a part of that. Yeah. So, so yeah, Paul left after, after the 2002 season. Then Disney sells the team in 2005, right before yep. the lockout. Yeah, and, and then, they and tried to call Michael Eisner out on like, "Hey, it's worth a lot more now." And he's like, "Yeah, well, you know, we needed to get out of it. There's a strike yeah. come in. Like, go fuck yourselves." Yeah, they because they they did the that. Good, as a, it was a savvy business move then. 
Yeah, it really they, was. Because they, they honestly, because at that point, ESPN and Disney were the same. And ESPN, because that 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 04 lockout crushed the NHL. Yeah. Um, they still haven't fully recovered, like fan engagement wise from that. Um, yeah. That like, ruined yeah. it. And so, um, and a lot of that had to do with ESPN pulling out before the lockout too. ESPN, they stopped covering hockey games. And then you had Disney sold sold the team. Um yeah. you know, I, I, I did uh a, a couple a couple things I want to point out. Um you, you mentioned they lost that 2002 after Korea gets um concussed, they lose the Stanley Cup finals. Uh but Jean Sebastian Jaguer, the goalie, won the fi- the finals MVP essentially, the Conn Smythe. Yeah. Um, even though he was on the losing team. Do you know how, trivia question for you? He, do you know how many times that's happened in the history of hockey? Once, five times. Oh. He's. I he's, thought, thought that you were going to try and rope me with an obvious one. Yeah. So he's he's the last one to do it, but it's it's happened five times. It's and it's and it's doubly insane that it's not only it's not like it's a losing goal score. It was the losing fucking goal. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that. Like it, I rewound it a couple of times. I was like, so this is. This goalie was so good that he got the MVP of the finals. <laughs> yeah, his team lost. Yeah. Well, they lost in, game, the goalie. in, in, in game seven. So it, took, it yeah. went all the way to game seven. So like, he, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying like, that's how, that's how close the series yeah. was that like the losing goalie yeah. won the MVP. Well, like that's pretty I, cool. I fully believe, and I'm sure other people do too. I don't think it's a, a hot take at all. Um, if Korea doesn't get a concussion, they win that. They they win that series. They win the Stanley yeah. Cup. Yeah. Um. I know he came back in that game and scored the, the winning goal, but he was he was not the next game in he, Game Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, and then another thing I wanted to point out is uh when they uh when they're kind of going over the the process of of Disney bailing out and selling the team, uh, Michael Eisner has this line where he's talking about. He says the fans don't care how much money you spend. They just want to win. And the shareholders don't care how much you win. They just don't want to spend. They don't want to waste money. And his exact phrase he uses here, he goes, they don't want to waste money on what could look like a corporate boondoggle. And when he said that, I was like thinking back to how quick on a whim and Mickey Mouse, they put this whole this the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim was a corporate boondoggle. He's he yeah. I it was his pet project. He was I'm sure he was the only one at Disney that was like, yes, fucking do this. Yeah. He fucking boondoggled Disney into that hockey team. Um and so yeah, it makes sense that he was he was a little, you know, money conscious. He's like, this is I don't wanna it's like a, you know, I'm not trying to 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 spend all these people's money on my hockey team. <laughs> uh, I love it. And, you know, we can end it with this, Brandon, talk, going back to the merch because they're bringing out the 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 heat, the hot fire with this anniversary logos they've got going this year. I absolutely I was, cannot wait I was for very, the hats to come out. I'm sure the merch will be good. I was very, very disappointed with the jersey. No, you didn't like it? I thought it was great. I thought the merch is the 30th they, anniversary merch is going to be fantastic. The the merch will be great. The the jersey they they they're a their current branding is is terrible. I with hate the it. with the orange, black, and gold. 
Yeah. Um, and the webbed foot logo. I, I don't yeah. care for it. Yeah. But they agree. they've done this because they've had they had a 20th anniversary jersey and they had a 20th anniversary jersey, I believe. And then they've had a couple reverse retros that the the yeah. NHL does. And they, I don't know who's in charge of their their you know their graphics or their uniform department or whatever, but the motherfuckers just won't. They refuse to do the easy thing that everybody wants, and, and just just, old just do the old fucking thing, even if it's like a third one off kind of thing. Like this would be perfect to just do the original jersey. Instead, yeah. they got to make it all fucking weird, and it's just like just th- throw throw the fucking fastball. Stop throwing, you know. Like I mean, I like the new logo, but I'm with you. I have been craving the old, just the 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 logo that was debuted when you see Luis coming out onto the ice from D2, like that logo. Slow as hell. Yeah, that is that's what they need. So bring it back for us. But any other last thoughts on this documentary? It was great. Fantastic. Really fun watch. If you're a Ducks fan, go do it. It was now. very yes. If you are a Ducks fan or you grew up watching hockey in the 90s, it was very nostalgic. So I highly recommend it just on that that point alone, just to, to scratch that nostalgia itch. I did love how the, at the end they were trying to get everybody to do a quack, and the only people that did it were Connie and Goldberg. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. You're, I did I did highlight that, and I also thought it was great that they said, Brill and Berg are no longer roommates. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I was actually operating under the assumption that they were. So, yeah, I, I actually highlighted that, that none of the players would quack, but Connie and Goldberg are like, quack, quack. But then Goldberg's like, all right, I'm out of here with that shit. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, I can't be fucking quacking anymore. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please remember to follow and like us on Instagram at the Cake Eaters Pod, on Twitter at the Cake Eaters. Also, reach out to us via email, thecakeeaterspod at gmail.com, or visit our website, thecakeeaterspod.com. <laughs>